Hello, Voices of Wrestling listener. Dave Ryan here. Have you ever wondered to yourself, how many hidden gems are hidden away inside the last years of World Championship Wrestling? Have you ever asked yourself how many tenuous gags can be made about the name Mike Enos? And have you ever thought about what it sounds like for two Irishmen to interpret a very chaotic company through its B-show? The answers to all this and more are just a click away. Check out Days of Thunder every second Thursday on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Welcome to Jumping Bomb Audio. And welcome back to Jumping Bomb Audio, the number one show all about the world of Joshi Pro Wrestling. My name is Taylor, and I am joined, as always, by the Barbie to my Oppenheimer. It's Kelly. Taylor, are you are you zeeting? You zeeting? Uh, I'm not zeeting or cheating or creeding or whatever the pronunciation of the word is. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna you know, I might go zeet right now. Who's who's to say? Although I guess I did zeet earlier today to tell the people that this episode was delayed by one day. That's true, um, you did. But I don't know if that was pre the official switchover or or post. A real newsworthy pretty, zeeting. It was pretty early. Um in the day. Oh, love a good early zeet. Um Remember like four months ago when I made a joke as I was plugging our um, Twitter? Our what do you call it now? Our our X handle? Yeah. Um, joking that like it was going to go away and now we're dealing with this stupid bullshit. Uh, <laughs> in many ways, I wish it would sort of go away. And then we could just say, follow us on Blue Sky. Yeah. You know, at whatever uh however the heck that works um but as kelly mentioned you can follow us on twitter or the newly christened x at j bomb audio you can follow kelly at comic geek kelly and me at tay mambo we gonna uh, see you are if you're the among the hangers on who can't let it all go it does feel weirdly like this is really the end yeah, this is somehow more so than the 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 website just not working. Well, because now it feels like, oh, well, I'm on Twitter because I know Twitter, but now it's like not even Twitter. So why not go somewhere yeah. else yeah. That, that, I don't know, there's just something where it's like, oh, Twitter actually isn't a thing anymore, even though to get there, you still type in Twitter.com. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
But in yeah, non- I don't think you can do just x.com and get there. Um, I'm going to try it right now. And if you don't hear from me, uh, something's gone terribly wrong. You're going to you, be on a porn site. For yeah, sure. if you currently go to, ooh, if you currently go to x.com, uh, my web browser says it's not secure, but it is currently a GoDaddy um, okay. page that says x.com is parked free courtesy of GoDaddy.com. GoDaddy is not a sponsor of this podcast. Um, so he doesn't even own the URL I guess not (laughs) you think that would be a thing you'd be like oh you know we're gonna do this make sure we you know that redirects legitimately just one of the dumbest people to ever live (laughs) I just thought about today the change from Twitter to X, the amount of money that has been spent to do it is probably more than most people will make in one full year of work. Oh, easy. Where you're like, ah, just money being wasted. Yep. Uh, money that could go to this podcast. And speaking yeah. of sending money to this podcast, you can donate to this show at redcircle.com slash shows slash jumping dash bomb dash audio we always appreciate if you subscribe to this podcast on your podcast app of choice and if that app of choice happens to be apple podcasts we would really appreciate a five-star rating and review the first time i've ever done the plugs in a different order (laughs) Uh, so who knows what's going to happen on the show it's could get real wild wild crazy guys zeeting and zooting everywhere we're gonna be talking the five star grand prix night one we're gonna talk some tokyo princess cup and a lot of other things some live joshi that i saw we'll be talking that shortly uh but first let's kick it off with the opening night of the Stardom Five Star Grand Prix from July 23rd at Oda City General Gymnasium in front of 1,747 fans. Kelly, what were your thoughts on this show overall? This show fucking rocked. Like, this was a great show. This uh, easily better than all of the G1 nights so far. Like this, this, this was a killer, killer show. Uh, I have not watched any of the G1, so I can't uh, do a comparison. But I also thought um, this was a great show. Really loved it. I thought that it really moved, you know, when the show. Yes. Uh, when I was first getting into the show, my big fear was like, oh, my God, we have a lot of matches. The show is going to go like five and a half hours. <laughs> And I'm going to be like, uh. but there was really no match that I can think of where I was sitting there thinking, oh, why is this still good? Like, why is this still going? Like, end this match end this match. Most matches ended quicker than I thought they would, as opposed to going too long. But a lot of very good matches on the show. What do you uh, think of the opening, like the the opening video with the ring as like a video cube? 
Oh boy. Well, let me tell you, because I have notes. I have notes even before the first match. Same. <laughs> I understand, you know, putting it on the scrim. I thought, okay, you're going to put this on a scrim. Could you not have like ironed the scrim or made it not look like sort of like a wrinkled bed sheet that you were holding, like, like doing shadow puppets in your living room of like, Oh, here it goes. The thing that annoyed me most is I was like, okay, it's a scrim. That's fine. The whole point of doing that is I thought, okay, they're going to show this video. They're showing all the people that are going to be in the five-star grand prix and then clearly the scrim is going to drop and all the people will be there. Yeah. But they didn't do that. They turned the lights off and then I guess they put the scrim down and then they turned the lights back on and all the people were there. And I was like, why did you have a scrim if you were going to turn all the lights off? Like the effect is, oh, it's a scrim and the scrim drops, you know, really dramatically like, yeah. and then all the people are standing there. Yeah. But they didn't do that. So I was like, why not? Why didn't you just have a video screen, turn the lights off and have the video screen move up? Yeah, like the video cube effect was cool. I do think when they got to like the main video part for the TV version, they should have just cut the video into the feed rather than having us watch the, the screen. Yeah, I also felt bad for the people who had to hold awkward poses for... Yes you know, 19 other wrestlers to be introduced as they're standing in the ring with like their hand up. And I was like, Oh, very good. Um, muscle control or whatever you want to call it. And yeah, Tom was, yeah, Tom was very impressive how she just stood there and didn't move. It was also funny as people were introduced and sort of went back into the, uh, onto the risers or wherever they were. Some people, you know, came out, they were looking at the camera, they were sort of gesturing, doing things. And some people were like introduced and they just sort of turned and walked to the back. It was like no interaction. <laughs> I'm just going where I need to go. I'm in the ring. Now I'm out of the ring and I'm going. And I was like, okay, uh, slightly <laughs> less interesting. I did think the end, the opening got a little less cool when they had the uh, Starverse ad later in the show and they recreated it in the ad. And I was like, oh, this was just an ad for your fucking NFTs, wasn't it? Well, I finally figured out that the graphics in the Starverse ad look like um, characters from GoldenEye the GoldenEye video game when you would play multiplayer because it's like that like round head shape with like the face printed on the front. Yes. Like a flat face on the front. Yup. And you like run up to people. That is exactly what that is. And I was like, that's what it is. Seeing it the second time where I wasn't like blown away by being like, what's happening? Cause I think it was the same exact ad. Um, because they cut away at one point to super stardom machine doing something. And I was like, I've seen this before, I think last time, but that was my real cue. I was like, yep, this is Nintendo 64 style graphics. Shit. They should just put out GoldenEye, but you can play as everyone from stardom. Instead of with, uh, 
like guns, you have to run up to people and like suplex them. Yeah. Or no, no, no. It'll uh, you get squirt guns. Oh yeah, that would be good. But I was thinking like when you would play slappers only, but instead of slappers only, it would be suplexes only. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Just running around the uh, what were the levels? The Aztec tomb. <laughs> Wasn't there an Aztec tomb or something there? Probably. The uh, Russian missile silo. <laughs> uh, but anyway, in terms of the show itself, the show opened with a pre-show gauntlet six-person tag team match. The trio of My Sakurai, May Sierra, and Tekla defeating Hanako, Saki Kashima, and Yuna Mizumori, Koguma, Momokogo, and Saeeda, and Hina, Lady C, and Miyu Amasaki. I didn't see this match. Kelly, I'm assuming you didn't either. I didn't either, but now I kind of want to see it because that's, what, one, two, three matches, technically, in a less than ten minutes? Like, that, the yeah, three minutes that a match. has to be insane. <laughs> Move through it. Well, speaking of three-minute matches, the first match of this year's five-star Grand Prix, what I'm sure will one day be a trivia question, Micah defeating Hanan in three minutes and 50 seconds. Kelly, what did you think of the opening match of the five-star Grand Prix 2023? I thought this rocked. Uh, just a killer kind of no-nonsense opener that was a, a good sprint. I went three and a half stars. I like this a lot. Um, I liked it. It was very short, so I didn't go that high just because it was less than four minutes long. Uh, I went two and a half. I thought very solid match. I thought Haddon looked really good here. I like a lot of her offense. Uh, I like the running a famouser that she does. And I think she's got some interesting stuff there. Um, but it was sort of a match where I was like, oh, this is pretty fun. And then it was over. Uh, shorter than I thought. But then I thought, okay, well, you got to squeeze in, you know, how many matches into this show. So it makes sense to get the opening match over and done uh, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Then, after the match, a ton of announcements about upcoming shows. On August 19th, there will be a show they announced. Momoi Nakanishi and Nanai Takahashi will team up once more with X. And I'm not talking about Twitter. Oh, they're going to Z. I'm talking about... <laughs> I'm talking about a mystery wrestler. They, that trio will face off against Momo Watanabe, Starlight Kid, and Double X. Oh, I can't wait for uh, them to team up with Super Elon Musk Machine. Uh, also announced they will be having a, a Dream Tag Team Tournament. The teams announced for that, Mayu Iwatani and Saki Kashima, Utami and Micah, Anai Takahashi and Ruaka, Natsupoi and Sayori Ano, Hazuki and Natsukatora, Momo Watanabe and Momo Kogo, the Momos, 
Mirai and Mysakurai, Hanan and Mariah May, Saya and Mina, Rina and Hina, naturally, Starlight Kid and Azumi and Julia and Suzu Suzuki. So that will be coming up. As well as the Goddess of Stardom Tag League, as always, starting in October on October 15th and ending November 12th. And finally, and maybe in my mind, the most intriguing announcement of all. uh, Stardom announced Halloween Dark Nights Horror House. Hell yeah. uh, which (laughs) Which will be happening on October 29th. Um, what is it? Your guess is as good as mine. I would assume there will be maybe some spooky stuff. I hope it's big uh, and stupid. Ma- That's all I want. <laughs> uh, maybe some costume. Maybe they'll bring back uh, the some of the costume uh, battle Get the royal bounce stuff house they back used to out do. There. Yeah, maybe a pumpkin bou- bounce house. Yeah. Um, and uh, maybe some blood, you know, that's yeah. a, that's a Halloween thing. So we will have to see, but that will be coming at the end of October. But back to this show, the next match in the Five Star Grand Prix saw a bit of a shocker. Mariah May defeating Azumi in six minutes and 51 seconds. Probably the most, um, well, maybe not the most shocking result, but a little bit of a shocking result as Mariah May, you know, had to fight her way into the five-star Grand Prix and gets a win over Azumi. I thought Mariah more than held her own in this match. I thought it was really good. I very much enjoyed it. I went three and a half stars. My one big question was there was the apron um, powerbomb where Mariah went over and like went to powerbomb Azumi and then sort of held onto her, picked her up and then powerbombed her. And I wasn't sure whether that was Mariah trying to make sure Azumi didn't break her neck or if it was, if I had missed us like a story beat or something of like, Oh, Azumi fought out of it and then got powerbombed anyway. No, because I I made note of that, too. It is definitely she realized she was going to dump Izumi right on the top of her head. So she kind of just pulled back and was like, all right, we're going to we're going to save this spot and do it. Do it right. Which I think is super impressive and showed a ton of just awareness and poise there that like that. She could have hurt Izumi pretty bad, but you know what? She fixed it. And uh I loved this match. I I went four stars. I thought it was a really good high energy match. I am ready to dump all of my money into Mariah May stock. I mean, who would have uh, who would have thought? Really? Yeah. Um, you know, someone we, someone I didn't know, someone Kelly, I think you didn't know anything about. Nope, didn't know um, anything. And has looked very good and looked very good here. Yeah. Um, so. I, you know, I was a little bit lower than you, but not surprised uh, about your four stars because I thought it was a very enjoyable match. 
The next match was Natsukatora defeating Ami Sore in four minutes and 48 seconds. My shocking opinion on this is I was actually sitting there thinking, actually, I'm sort of enjoying this match, this Natsukatora match, whose matches I usually do not enjoy. Um <laughs> I was like, oh, how shocking. This is actually quite enjoyable. And then the shenanigans started, and I was right back out again. Um, yeah. I was like that uh, Simpsons uh, grandpa meme <laughs> with the, you know, put the hat on, walk in, yep. put the hat back on, and leave. That was yep. sort of me, especially because it was only four minutes, 48 seconds. Like the first three minutes I was into, then the shenanigans started, and I was like, nope, oh, I'm out again. Um, yeah. this was my least favorite this was yes this was my least favorite match on the show I went two stars I think I went gentlemen's three just because they kept it mercifully short yeah yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I went three on it just because <laughs> I was like yep they, uh, it, was, it was under five minutes I was just like oh so it is possible for me to like this but it will never happen because those freaking shenanigans will always really. Yep. Um, they'll always come in and I, will, I won't like them. I don't like them. <laughs> there we go. But a change of pace. The next match, Natsupoi defeating Starlight Kid in 7 minutes and 23 seconds. Kelly, your thoughts. Taylor, we got to talk first. What do you think of Starlight Kid's new look? I, my first note on this match was, oh, very weird Starlight Kid mask. I was just sort yeah. of thrown off by like the Hayabusa style. It was just strange because her hair was, I don't, it felt like it wasn't, um, what am I trying to say about her hair? Uh, it felt like it, it was, wasn't it was styled. It felt like it wasn't styled in a way that was like, oh, cool. You can see her hair. It was just sort of felt like, oh, uh, the top of her mask is missing and her hair is just sort of all over the place. Yeah, because she cut her hair way shorter than it was before and then got the cut the top off the mask, too. My theory is that this is like a summer look because I it's always hot as hell in Japan in the summer. So maybe she's just like, you know what? What if I could chop my hair off and then now I have the top of my head clear from the mask so I can get some heat out. I'm not opposed to the mask. Like most of the mask looks the same, except there's no top, but it just felt yeah. very much like not of a hole. It felt no, like, it Oh, didn't. I'll, I'll do this with my mask. Oh, what am I going to do with my hair? Um, I don't know. I'll do this thing. Yeah, and it, it needs some work. I, I like the idea, but uh, it, it it needs a little bit of work. But, um, you know, could be a first sort of, you know, you get a new look, you try it out, and then you tweak yeah. it. Yeah. So maybe it'll come back and maybe it'll be like, ooh, uh, yeah. very cool. Well, Kelly, I have a question for you. Yes. Back about this match. <laughs> and my question is, it is weird that people... Uh, this is a, sort of the second show in a row 
uh, with a match where people are being repeatedly like dumped on their heads. A lot to, of it, yeah. <laughs> to very little reaction. <laughs> like, isn't that weird? Like, isn't that sort of strange? Yeah. And I'm like, well, it's another Natsupoi. Like, is it Natsupoi? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Cause and you know what? This match didn't really land that well for. I liked it. I went three and a half on it, but I kind of expected more. Oh well, that's interesting because I really like this match. We're reversing the previous, or not the previous match, Jesus, uh, two matches ago because I went four stars. Oh. I just thought it was, I, I love the, you know, longtime listeners will know how I feel about the long, drawn-out strike exchanges, and they sort of changed that up. They did the really fast, like, boom, 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 back and forth, which I really liked. Uh, they dropped each other on their heads a bunch, and it was very fast-paced, you know, high-speed match. I liked a lot of the pinning uh, combinations and reversals. I thought they were all very smooth, and so I really liked it. I wonder if everyone is just down on Meltier like I am, but they're like, well, we still like Tom. So I guess we got to take it all out on Natsupoi and sit there in silence during her matches. It's just strange because then at other points they do sort of react, but I'm like, wow, there's someone like going right on the top of their heads and people are just sort of like clap, 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 clap. (laughs) i'm like hmm wouldn't be my reaction the the stardom crowd is fascinating to me um yeah i don't know maybe your theory about that people but also it could just be that i don't know maybe i'm a person who like it's funny because this is a very large tangent but um i have a friend who in the past few months I have sort of gotten into uh, wrestling. Okay. Very sort of minorly. She went with me to an AEW um, Dynamite episode live. And we've been to two GCW shows is what we've done. And you do notice like the things that I think longtime wrestling fans sort of are like, whoa, that's crazy, are not the things that new fans think are crazy. Like, the thing that my, like, the thing that really blows my friend's mind is, like, chops. Like, every chop. (laughs) She's like, I can't believe this. I can't believe it. But, like, someone gets, like, dropped on their head, and she's just like, oh, interesting. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe it's that they do have a lot of fans and the fa- like, I don't know if it's a disconnect where you're coming in being like, ah, oh, it's all fake. And so you figure, oh, they're like landing on their head, but it's fine because they're prepped. I don't, I don't really they, know. They have helmets on under their hair and the mat <laughs> is actually soft. But I'm like, maybe that's it. Maybe stardom got a bunch of new fans and the fans like, don't are just sort of like oh yeah that's part of a match like oh a suplex okay mm-hmm. like a move I yeah i think i think there's something to that for sure just a theory but it, it was the second time in a row because we talked about it for the strap match 
where they did the big suplex sequence that didn't really get any reaction. And now it's like, oh, here it is again. And it isn't like the crowd was dead silent for the rest of the show. They did react to other stuff. So it's just sort of like, hmm, that's an interesting thing that's happening. Because I'm like... They even reacted to like suplex exchanges later in the show. So it's, I don't know. Well, something to uh, something to keep an eye on. Natsupoi, why'd you upset everybody? Natsupoi, I like you. I was sitting on my couch <laughs> going, ooh, ooh. Uh, fly me out to fly me out to a stardom show, and I'll sit in yeah. the crowd and go, ah. Yeah. What if we just be, become like the cheerleading, the cheerleaders? Yeah, we'll be the stardom cheerleaders, and we get we teach everyone how to cheer for the wrestlers. Oh, like the like the New Japan video with um, Jushin Thunder yeah. Liger dressed as a cop or whatever it was. Yes, yeah, that can just be us. We'll go around to like we'll be in in the arena before the show, and we'll sit down next to everybody and tell them like, "All right, here's what you got to do," and then they'll be like, "We can't understand you," and we'll say, "I don't know what you're saying," and then we'll keep on going, and eventually, everyone will cheer. Yes. Well, not even cheer, just react to someone being put in danger of injury. (laughs) Uh, The next match on the show was the returning, Utami returning from the United States, defeating Mina Shirakawa in 12 minutes and 48 seconds. Kelly, I will let you go first. I thought this was great. This is another four-star match for me. Uh, another kind of just, I, I want to say like stereotypical hard-hitting Utami match, but it, it kind of was. And it's it's cool seeing how far Mina has come that she can just do that kind of match like it's nothing now and just crap out a great match. <laughs> so I, I was very happy with this one. What about you? I thought that, I was sort of sitting there thinking, okay, this is fine. Probably like three and a half stars. Um, And then Utami hit the, um, I don't remember what the move was, but she hit the bridge and then had to let go of it because of her neck. And I was sort of like, oh, that's, that's interesting. Like what's going to happen here. And then it feels like right after that, they like kicked it into another gear and it was very hard hitting, like lots of big moves well really well paced so then all of a sudden i was like yeah 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 i'm into this so i ended up going four and a quarter stars nice. um because i thought it really picked up i it was like that moment i was all of a sudden like oh that's really interesting and then they really went to it i liked that um you know the move was utami couldn't hold the bridge because of the neck work Uh, with the DDTs and that she didn't then go back to something that would like require her neck, which sometimes happens when that, like sometimes someone's like, Oh, I can't do it. My neck. And then two minutes later, they're doing like a headstand, uh, (laughs) which they didn't do, which was great. And I thought it was a really strong match and the best match of the show so far. Yeah. I think I'd agree with that. Then, of course, the the true main event, uh, the Starverse ad played um, after this <laughs> match. The moment when I figured out, it reminded me of GoldenEye, which I wrote in all caps on my notes. 
The next match saw Momo Watanabe gaining two points, defeating Mirai in nine minutes and 56 seconds. Thought Momo looked really good here. Thought she was like her old self at the end when she kicked Mirai directly in the face. Yeah. Uh, and then hit the uh, Peach Sunrise. Uh, a match that I really enjoyed. My biggest note is that, you know, Mirai does a lot of very cool things. She has good offense. But I'll, you know, be a broken record here. I cannot bring myself to care about her. I just, I'm like, ooh. She did a bridge at one point where her face was fully facing down into the mat. And I was like, damn, that's like amazing flexibility. That's yeah. really cool. But I was just sort I'm just sort of like, I don't know, the clapping and the but I went three and three quarters. <laughs> yeah, I this one struggled to grab me for whatever reason. I think it is partially I just don't care about Mirai at all, but so I don't I only went three and a quarter on it, but yeah, Momo kicking her in the head was really cool uh enjoy it now i would imagine momo will not win another match for the rest of the tournament (laughs) yeah probably not i was like yeah she won uh which was great um but a little bittersweet somewhere aaron burst into applause and didn't know why (laughs) the next match Suri defeating suzu suzuki in 11 minutes and two seconds uh the big spot of the match the suplex off the apron where suri just went straight down insane like a rock (laughs) like a stone (laughs) like i was like oh she's gonna go flying and then they did it and she was like straight down and i was like oh my god no Uh, just in just these two maniacs just beating the shit out of each other yeah, I thought this was excellent. Uh, another great match. I mean, Suzu is so good. Uh, just really quickly paced, you know, not in the sort of high speed way, but it was just sort of like nonstop action for 11 minutes. This is what I was talking about where I'm like, this was so good. It was 11 minutes. It didn't feel like it didn't feel like 11 minutes, but it didn't feel what am I trying to say here? Like it ended and I was like, yeah, that was great. And I didn't think, Oh, I wish that would have gotten like 10 more minutes. Cause I felt like they really packed, um, the stuff in and like, didn't need to go longer. Um, yeah, for what it was, it was perfect. But I was like, this is great. I wasn't sitting there thinking like, ah, oh, I wish I could see that, you know, see them more, or see it again. I was just like, Hey, that was a great match. You know, awesome another good match i went four and a quarter stars i was four and a half on this one i fucking loved it (laughs) it was it was so good yeah a couple of these especially near the top i was um sort of like i know this four and a half i was like oh four or four and a quarter i was like "Uh, is it four and a half i couldn't decide and my rule is always if i'm thinking about it and i can't decide i go with the lower rating so yeah, that's a good policy. Could have been at the four and a half. So I I'm right there with you. But 
uh, ended up going four and a quarter, but uh, a great match. And I think Suzu is going to be one of those, you know, not everyone has this, but one of those where it's like every match that they have in this tournament, I'm going to be excited for it. And I think it's going to be good because I think Suzu has a lot to like come out and be like, hey, I'm going to be really good and I'm going to impress people and sort of like make my name in this tournament. Yeah. So looking forward to all her matches. She should make uh, Tora do some deathmatch shit. Because that might actually well, be good. Well, she could do it with Tom because Tom's the one who's done the deathmatch matches in Stardom before. There we go. Um, who knows? Maybe on... Uh, wait, what's the show called? <laughs> Maybe Halloween. on Halloween Dark Nights Stardom Horror House um anything's possible i don't know yeah uh the next match mayu iwatani defeating hazuki in 13 minutes and two seconds kelly your thoughts uh we had two more maniacs doing maniac shit here uh no necks were safe this rocked also also i went uh four and a quarter I really enjoyed the moment when Mayu missed the slap um, in the corner and then was like, oh, I'm so crazy. Like, oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm like, only Mayu could pull that off. If anyone else did yes. that, you'd be like, what is this person doing? Like, why are you doing this? Yeah. But like, she can come out and be like, oh, I'm so, uh, <laughs> I'm a crazy person. Uh, let me try it again. Um. I really like this, you know, tough following the previous match, which I thought was really good, but I thought that they worked really hard. I went three and three quarters. Uh, so a little bit lower than you, but a match I still thought was really good. I, w I was really pretty high on this whole show. I just, I was, I was living off the, the Barbenheimer high. I mean, I will say that uh, I would have to go back. I don't have this like encyclopedic memory of these things. But this has to be, if not number one, very close to the best opening night of the five star Grand Prix they've ever had. Yeah, I, I mean, it might not be, but I this the quality of this show leads me to say that it would be a pretty safe bet to say that this is the best one. Like I, now, I'm trying to go through and see if I have my notes from last year five star grand prix night one from 2022 yeah well yes because last year i went four stars on suri azumi and i went four and a quarter on hazuki and julia in the main event. Oh yeah. That and match I think, ruled. And I think that was it. I think those were the yeah. only four plus star matches that I had. Um, on the show. If I'm not mistaken, which means this, I mean, we haven't even gotten to my favorite match of the night. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for this one. So Yeah. I mean, and I would have to think, I, I I couldn't even tell you, like, what was the opening night of the 2017 five-star Grand Prix? I have no idea. 
um, probably uh, what's her face uh, was that 2017 um, you know from Ring of Honor uh, Mandy Leon Mandy Leon thank you was that that year was that 2017 where she I don't know you? I just I was trying uh, to think of a, a Ring of Honor woman because <laughs> I she was in it I mean that was the I mean that right there you're like guaranteed a bad match uh, yeah so I don't know I'd have to go back other people people listening to this uh tell me what you think in my mind it's the best opening night they've ever had but maybe someone has a a night that they're thinking of that's better um that i'm not thinking of but anyway speaking of very good my favorite match of the show was next julia and seriano going to a 15 minute time limit draw Kelly, what can you say about this match? Just wild. The the suplex off the ramp into the chairs, doing doing the old uh, Taz and Bam Bam Bigelow spot was insane. Just a crazy brawl. The accidental blood really stepped it up a notch. Like shit, this match was awesome. This was also my favorite match of the night. I went four and a half on this one too. Well, here's how good I thought this match was that I figured out before the end that they were going to the time limit draw and I still went four and three quarter stars. Nice. I just thought it was like crazy. The blood was so, I mean, the stuff at the beginning was so good. The blood was great. They got in the ring. They're like beating the shit out of each other. I was like, this, this is so good. Um, just like the perfect, you know, big time. And again, only 15 minutes, like flew by, um, Sierra, you know, another one of the people like Suzu who I'm like, is going to come out and I think try and have big matches. Obviously there's this, you know, big one with Julia, which is going to be big for everyone, but I think she's going to have a lot of good matches too. But this was just like two people who, you know, very um, feel, felt a lot like the big um, Oz Academy show, the yearly show that they have where they're like, we're going to go out and we're going to have a really big main event. Like the rest of the show could be like, oh, okay, all these tag matches are fine. And then they're like, we're going to go out in the main event and it's going to be Osaki and, you know, there was that year it was um, Ozaki and Sayori, and they had that crazy fight. And it felt sort of like that, where it's like, we're just going to go out there. We're going to beat the shit out of each other. Whatever happens, let's just do it. And it's great. You know, they had the post-match with, you know, the camera, like, zooming in on Sayori with her face still got, like, crusted blood on it. <laughs> so I just thought... Match of the night for me, very easily. Um, And I don't know. I mean, it's only night one. It's going to be hard to top in the rest of the tournament, frankly. Yeah. I mean, to top it, you got to have a, you know, a match, you know, a surefire top match of the year contender. I I think you have a couple opportunities. Uh, I... 
I think Julia and Suri could get up there possibly, and Julia and Suzu. I think those are your two options of ones that could possibly top it. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club Slab Pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards and yeah you can open it and look it's going to be junk you're you, you know what i mean like you know what you're probably going to get in those maybe you find that fun and sometimes i do sometimes i like just opening up cards and saying oh, hey look at some random cards or whatever but if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being you know almost nothing you know nothing of value not with arena club you can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off again that's arena club.com slash vow net arena club.com slash vow net for 10 percent off your first purchase on arena club and we thank them for sponsoring the voices of wrestling podcast network i also think you're gonna have some bigger you know some of these shows you're gonna be like okay you know, it's three matches. We'll go out. We'll do our things. And then some will be in bigger venues and those probably have a bigger chance of, you know, getting up there, but not to, and I don't say that to be like, Oh, nothing will ever be as good as this, but just that this match was like right up my alley. So good. Um, yeah. l- loved it. Sayari has like the most absorbent hair I've ever seen because like her, the top of her head kept getting redder and redder. But she didn't really leave any spots on the ring. I thought that that was impressive. Got, well, it wasn't really in the hair. rest of her hair. It wasn't in the rest of her hair either. Yeah, it just like, but every now and then you would just like they you see like up oh, top of her head's getting redder now. Well, I didn't even like see just, what happened. Like, I think she just got clipped on one of the chairs when she got thrown into him. I guess I was just sort of watching. Then all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute, she's bleeding. I was like, I must have missed something. And I rewound and I was still like 
okay, I don't know. I guess here she's not bleeding, here she's bleeding. So uh, something happened. Yeah, the only thing I can think of is that when she got tossed into the chairs, one just must have flipped up and hit her in the top of the head. Yeah, and it was funny because I thought when they did it, I was like, oh, that's a pretty, you know, they sort of went straight on to the chairs. I was like, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, considering sometimes, you know, you do a move with chairs and the chairs are like all over the place and you're like, oh, gee, oh, gosh, like that. I was like, OK, all the chairs cooperated and then she comes up and she's bleeding all over the place. So I'm like, well, I guess <laughs> I was wrong. The uh, main event and the point in which uh, this show became very chaotic um, the main event, Tom Nakano defeating Sayakamatani in eight minutes and 15 seconds by referee's decision. Um, sort of a weird um, match to discuss. I did think when the match started, I was thinking, how are they going to follow that last match? Like, that's a tough ask. And I thought it was a actually good idea to sort of just be like, oh, well, we're going to go outside the ring and just do this sort of wild stunt show type match, you know, jumping off the uh, entrance way, very like CMLL-esque, I thought there. And then yeah. they were doing it more. And I actually was writing in my notes... I wrote, just jump off higher and higher things uh, for a whole match. Like, do that. And then I look back and they're like, the doctor, get the doctor in here. The doctor's running over. And I was like, what the heck? Hat? Like, did I miss something? Because I had seen the dive. I was like, okay, that's a dive. And then they were calling and I thought, is this like part of the match? And which at, you know, at a point it became clear, clearly wasn't part of the match. Um but of course, sort of a bummer to have a match and that way. Um, I don't think there's been any further news about exactly what happened. Um, Last anyway, I heard it was a dislocated elbow, I think. Okay. Interesting. Because I thought it would it had been something with the head just because of the way it was like a dive. And then when I was sort of watching, I was like, well, she sort of bent over. But I don't know. Um, but anyway, whatever it is, um, I'm not a doctor. Um, hope Sayakamatani gets well soon. Hope she's able to, you know, depending on what it is, hope she, she's able to come back for the rest of her matches because it would be a bummer um, to lose her for yeah the what what essentially would be the entire tournament. Yeah. Um, yeah, I my if it is a dislocated elbow, she is definitely out for the rest of the tournament. Well, it's a long tournament. It's going like two and a half months. But I, I feel like I, if you're out, like you can't come back in with like three shows left. And like, what's the point? Yeah, I, I would I would sit her for the rest of the tournament at that point. But yeah, no, this was a bummer because I really liked this match until the finish. And it's a shame, especially to see someone go down hurt at the beginning of a tournament like this. And it's a bummer. I hope uh, Saya heals up soon. And and then uh, we got the, uh, the post-match angle, which <laughs> yeah. sure was fucking weird. If that wasn't enough, if you didn't think, wow, this show is... Um... 
you know, what a strange ending to this show. Um, Megan Bain appeared um, beyond wrestling star, uh, AEW dark participant, uh, Megan Bain, AKA the Megasis uh, appeared a, a word so strange that I typed Megasis three times <laughs> in my, on my computer. Each time the computer corrected it to Pegasus um, would not allow me to type the word Megasis. Uh, but eventually I got there. Um, just very str- like I found the whole thing really weird. It, it felt like, especially with the injury, it felt like the most tacked on ending to the show you could possibly have had. Like, why are we building title matches at the end of the first night of this tournament? I mean, it's one of those things where I think we talked about this last year that I that we also didn't like. I don't really understand the point of, you know, we'll talk about this in a bit. Stardom still is running a huge number. Take out all of the five star shows or shows that have five star Grand Prix matches on them. In August, they have like four big shows, three or four, maybe not big shows, but three or four sort of shows that are not five, mainly five star shows. And it's just very strange. Like if I'm in this tournament, I'm thinking, wait a minute, like Sarah, no sitting backstage thinking I was just bleeding all over the place. I'm beating the shit out of Julia. We're doing all this fighting. And then this person just walks up and goes, I want a title match. It's like, wait a minute. We're all doing this tournament for a title match. Like, get in line. You missed the tournament. You, you know, you got to wait two months. Uh, and I do think you're right. I think the injury, it going from the injury directly into this, it was like whiplash of yes. like, oh, I hope Sai is okay. And then all of a sudden you're like, what's happening? What's going on? <laughs> was also very weird, but just the whole... Like, Utami then came out, challenged Mayu for the IWGP women's title. That one's fine. I'm like, okay, Utami's back. She went to America. She comes out. She challenges Mayu for this title that happens on Strong and happens on New Japan shows. That one is fine. Just is incredibly weird to be like, I'm here and I'm, um, you know, challenging for the title. Oh, who are you? Like, who are you? Yeah. And it's like, like, why did the Utami thing with Mayu have to happen there? Like, just, okay, now we just have to awkwardly bring Mayu out for this, too, just because suddenly we're in the opening sequence of a episode of Raw at the end of this show for some reason. Um, yeah, just very weird. I have seen, uh, admittedly, very little of Megan Bain. I think I've seen her on... Uh, AEW Dark a few times. I know she was injured for a long time. I may have seen her at one, like one other match. Um, so we'll see. But I was uh, very high on her as a prospect early on in the Beyond stuff. But after her getting injured, and she honestly pissed away a lot of her goodwill with uh, her relationship with Chris Dickinson. <laughs> oh, see, so I that, didn't that even. Was... 
Yeah. Didn't even know about that. Yeah. That's not great. Uh, <laughs> so I, 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 we'll, we'll see how it goes. But we'll see. We were just talking about Mariah May earlier in the show that we didn't know yeah. anything about her. And now look. So uh, we'll see. Yeah. Well, what else has been going on in Stardom? They did have a summer North tour uh, before the start of the five star Grand Prix. But the other big tournament that kicked off in the past two weeks, the Tokyo Princess Cup, the First round matches have all happened there. The results are as follows. Mocha Miyamoto uh, in a what I would consider a minor upset, defeating Hyper Masao. Miyu oh, Yamashita yeah, sure. ma- managing to get past the first round of a tournament, uh, defeating Mizuki. Shoko Nakajima defeating Suzume. Rika Tatsumi defeating Raku. Uh, Yuki Kamafuku defeating now Kakuda, Miyu Watanabe defeating Yuki Aeno, Arisa Endo defeating Mahiro Kiryu, and Yuki Arai defeating Akari Noah. Kelly, did you watch um, these first round matches? I sure did. Did you? I did as well. I watched. Uh, all right. Watched them all. I think uh, Miyu and Mizuki was really good and i think my probably my second favorite match was uh yuki arai versus uh hikari i thought that was really good too i went four stars on both of those i thought uh strangely i have these um here also with their uh cage match uh ratings a match that did poorly in the cage in the cage match ratings i liked yuki kamafuku and now kakuda i thought it was a very enjoyable uh, match nothing here i think kelly you'd probably agree well maybe the the two uh, four star matches you had but not really super on the level of maybe a five star grand prix but enjoyable uh very quick action they had two shows a night uh for four shows and set up some pretty interesting um matches for the next round which we'll talk about in a few minutes yeah i think i'll like the matches were hurt just by the vibes of the shows. They were very sleepy. They were very sleepy feeling shows. Well, they and, like, still didn't feel help that like it's single cam and stuff, and it's just like, oh, guys, you, I'm, I'm, you're losing me. I'm, <laughs> my eyes are getting heavy. It would be interesting to see if they did something like Stardom, and they were like, we're going to do one bigger show, like if this were a Corican. And they're like, we're going to do a Corkin and it's going to have eight singles matches on it. If that, like, maybe it wouldn't draw. I don't know. But if you did the show and you main evented with Miyu and Mizuki, like, I would think that would draw. Yeah, um, you could definitely fill Corkin with that for sure. To me, it just, I, I do see what you're saying. It does feel a little bit on these shows like it's like, hey, we've got these house shows. Um, okay, we'll do two, uh, you know. Tokyo Princess Cup, whereas the next round is at Corican, and they're all going to feel like much bigger deals. Like, I don't know, yeah. maybe you don't want to do eight these eight matches because then all of a sudden all the people who aren't in the tournament aren't getting bookings for that show. Don't know. Who's to say? <laughs> um, 
what else has been going on? Sendai Girls had their Corican Hall show on the 16th. Ice Ribbon, some big news out of Ice Ribbon. Hamako Hoshi and Makoto retained their tag titles over Hikari, Manami, and Hinata. But Yuri from Ganbare defeating Totoro Satsuki to become the new Ice Infinity title holder. She will defend that title in Gambare um, in what I believe I read will be the first time that title will be defended between two non-Ice Ribbon wrestlers on a non-Ice Ribbon show. Wow, that's cool. Which is which is pretty interesting. And, you know, um, they are, you know, Gambari's picking up steam. Yuri is picking up steam. So a company like Ice Ribbon, which has hit some uh, bumps in the road recently, you know, doing something different, I think it's a, a pretty cool um, thing to do. Yeah, no, that's smart. I, I like Yuri. I think she's very good. I think she keeps getting better. And I, I, I like Gunbari a lot. So I think this is this is a cool move all around. Diana had Jaguar Yakota's 47th anniversary. To my knowledge, uh, the show did not air anywhere, not even on the uh, Diana streaming service that they have. The main event, Aja Kong, Jaguar Yakota, and Sugi uh, went up against Mayumi Ozaki, Kyoko Inoue, and Astro Man in the main event. Uh, who knows? Maybe that show will appear someday because it had some pretty fun matches on it, and I'd like to watch it. Uh, but maybe it'll never show up. Maybe it'll be like that Aja Kong Sari match. Uh, from many years ago that never showed up. <sighs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for encapsulating I, I, my feelings on it without having to say I know. I, every now and then I keep thinking, I'm like, someday, someday it's going to pop up. Someone's going to be like, oh, I filmed the whole thing on my phone. Here you go. I, bec- I didn't know people I bec- were looking for this. <laughs> I become very zen about the whole thing because like the three months after it was revealed, there was that like picture of, of the match and everyone was like, where's the footage? And I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Cause I think that was the year I might've voted Seri wrestler of the year. And I was like, Boy, yeah, if that this was match during comes her out, crazy year. Yeah. And I was like, if this is as good as everyone says it is, this will be like the, the cement, you know, like this will cement it. And then it never came out and I was like driven crazy. Now I'm like, it doesn't exist. Uh, like out well, of sight, out of is, mind. There's highlights. Highlights are there. They exist. Someone has, like, a, a, what is what's the the wrestling news show in Japan? Oh, Battleman. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they have the footage, or they had it at one point. Release the tapes. I just think in my mind it doesn't exist. Can we do a Freedom of Information Act thing? Uh, I don't think we can because that's an American thing and <laughs> that's Japan. Does Japan we're, have an equivalent uh, freedom of information? Yeah. Talk to uh, Joe Biden about getting yeah. Aja Kong necessary <laughs> footage released. Look, look, I watched Oppenheimer. Don't Things spoil, have happened Don't before. spoil it. I haven't seen it. Okay, yeah, I won't I tell you anything more then. I haven't seen it. I'm going to say something real bad happens to Japan. <laughs> uh, 
in wave the catch the wave tournament came to an end in the finals oscar defeating saki uh to win the whole thing kelly what's been going on in choco pro all right uh so choco pro they're the gotta move show at uh shinkiba on the fifth uh, that was main evented by the Super Asia title match with Emi Sakura defeating Hagane Shino to win the title. Uh, really great match. Fast-paced, hard-hitting. I went four and a quarter on it. Then we have Choco Pro 320 from the ninth. Uh, the match I wanted to highlight here was Emi Sakura defeating uh, Nonaka Seto, who is their new rookie that I am super impressed with. I think she is, she's got something there. Uh, she's way farther along as a technical wrestler than I would ever expect from anyone at her experience level. And she just put in a really great effort here against Sakura. I think Nonaka is definitely someone to keep an eye on. I went three and a half on that. Definitely worth checking out if you want to see this new Choco Pro rookie. Uh, on the Choco Pro 321 on the 11th, there was the Super Asia title and setup open weight title match between Emi Sakura and Masahiro Takanashi. That went to a 30-minute time limit draw, and honestly, I thought this match was long and boring, but newsworthy, I guess, because it was a title match. And then on Chaka Pro 322 on the 22nd, uh, you had Meisaruga, Sayaka, and Chie Koshikawa defeating Emi Sakura, Mia Yatsuba, and Nona Kaseto. Uh, super high-energy trios match, and like I said before, just the more I see of Nonaka, the more I'm impressed and think they have something with her. I went four stars on that one. Well, I had the privilege of going to GCW's most recent show in New York, which fe- featured some Joshi talent. First of all, Maki Ito uh, took on Billy Starks in a match that I thought was very good. I went four and a quarter stars. Damn. But more than the match, I just have to say it is insane to me how over Maki Ito is in GCW. She is for my she was at the show, for my money, the most over person on the entire show. It's like, like she's cause she's got her own like overness to her, but then she also has the Nick Gage rub. So it's like with that crowd, it makes sense why she's the most over person. Well, and the show was at um, the Melrose Ballroom in New York, which has on the stage a giant video screen, um, which they use throughout the night. But for Maki's entrance, so she's using uh, For Whom the Bell Tolls, which is Gage's (laughs) entrance in um, GCW. And when the bell at the beginning hit, the all the lights in the place turned red and the word Maki came up on the screen like in huge letters. <laughs> and it was like huge pop from the crowd. And I was like, holy shit. It was like, <laughs> why? I was like, what? Um, and then it shows uh, Maki Death Kill in like these big red letters, which were also reflected like on the ceiling of the venue. And I was like, this is wild. Like as someone who really likes Maki Ito, it's just like crazy. Like people are like, yeah, we're into this. And then they had this match I thought was really good. You know, they had some fun with it, but then I thought they both worked um, really hard. 
you know, I love that match. I think the best match of the night was uh, the match right after it, which was uh, Yoshihiko wrestling uh, Speedball, um, where they did oh, a that's full. Right. I need to watch that. They do a, a full homage to Omega and Osprey with Mao playing the part of Don Callis, um, which I <laughs> which I didn't understand at first because he came out wearing a ball cap and I was like, what what is he? Why is he here? And then like in the match, I was like, ah, ah. Uh, my Mao God, loves but... dressing up like other people. <laughs> <laughs> um, but other than that match, I thought this um Maki and Billy match was by far um, one of the highlights of the show. The main event of the show was Utami's last match in GCW taking on Lufisto. And I have to say, I haven't seen her um, live Utami. I haven't seen Utami live um, in four years since she was here in New York for the WrestleMania weekend where they did the stardom show. And I forgot, you know, like when, you watch basketball, for example. Everyone who plays basketball is six feet tall or much taller than that. But because they're all that tall, you watch them on TV and you're like, oh, they're all normal, you know, size guys. And then you meet them in real life and they're like the biggest person you've ever met. Um, in that way, stardom is the opposite of that, <laughs> where they're all the same size. So you're like, oh, they're all the same size as I am. Utami is very small. Um, like, shockingly small, but not small in the way that Utami, or in the way that Maki Ito, like, Maki Ito is short. You're like, oh, she's really short. She's like 4'11", or whatever she is. Utami looks like someone who is the same size as me, and then they sort of, like, shrunk them down shrunk her down with a shrink ray we're like from far away you're like oh that's a person but then you're like no she's just really small um it was just sort of very interesting and watching the um five star show you're like yeah and now she's back on the screen and she looks like she could be 511 and she's mm -hmm. not she's like five two um that's wild because yeah, however it's like, tall it, she it's... is the same thing with how uh, Himiko was, where you just assume she's this enormous monster and she's like, I'm 5'7 or whatever. Yeah, I think she was 5'8 because I think very early on in AEW, I was like, wouldn't it be fun if Himika came to AEW and she was like the big bruiser, um, like the big monster enforcer for someone? And then I looked it up and realized she's the same height as Britt Baker. Uh, <laughs> And I was like, okay, well, I guess that sort of wouldn't play um, that well. But yeah, it's just very strange seeing the, you know, someone you watch a lot and you have sort of an image in your mind, like in front of you. And you're like, oh, they're not what I thought. Uh, the match itself, I thought was mostly fine. Um, I thought Utami had fun. It was clear that Lufisto was going to lose because she uh, was on offense for a lot of the first half of the match clearly trying to make her look good before she um, took the loss not a match I would go out of your way to see but it was fun to see her like I said I haven't seen her um, in person well maybe that's not true no it must be true um, did I see her 
when I went to Japan in 2019. I'd have to look this up. But either way, it's been since 2019. It's been four years. Uh, good to see her. And I'm hopeful that maybe GCW can book some more uh, stardom talent because I think that would be fun. The crowd was clearly um, really happy to see her. Um, so, yeah, good show. Uh, but definitely check out that uh, Maki and Billy Starks match. So what is coming up in the next two weeks of stardom? Well, we got more five-star Grand Prix action. We have uh, four more nights of five-star Grand Prix action. Not full cards, but just a couple of matches a show on the 29th of July. Three matches, Sayori No versus Mariah May. Julia versus Hannon and Mirai versus Mina Shirakawa. On the 30th, Sayakamatani versus Natsuko Tora, Suzu Suzuki versus Natsupoi, and Mirai versus Hannon. On August 5th, Sayori Ano versus Micah, Suzu Suzuki versus Starlight Kid, and Mirai versus Azumi. And on August 6th, Tom Nakano and Hazuki. Siri and Natsukatora, Siri Ano and Azumi and Mina Shirakawa and Hanan. Kelly, what's your most anticipated match of the next two weeks of the Five Star Grand Prix? I mean, it's got to be Siri versus Natsukatora, right? No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's it's a Suzu versus Starlight Kid. Oh, you took mine. You took mine again. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll go. Uh, no, I'll change. I'll change. I already changed okay, too well, late. Well, I'm I'm gonna say Sierra you know, versus Azumi. Um, okay. Also noticing Sierra you know, getting the booking out of the way fast because she will have five matches and uh, five nights, and this thing goes all the way to October. So. So this uh, is gonna be one of those where we're gonna look at the the rate the scores and we're like, why does this person only have two points? And we're like, oh wait, they only wrestled the one match. Yeah. Oh, this person has eight points and this person has none. That person's out. Oh no, that person's had zero matches so far in one <laughs> match. Um, and if you're sitting here thinking, boy, four four shows. I wish there were more shows. Well, good news. Uh, two weeks after this, I guess I'm spoiling our next episode. There will be, I believe, five nights of the five-star Grand Prix and three other stardom shows. Um, so you and we will have our fill of stardom. That's so uh, much. Seedling also has a show coming up. Uh, the big match there that stuck out to me. Rico Kaiju will take on Mio Momono. Uh, in a singles match, so that should be exciting. Tokyo Joshi has a lot coming up, starting with their next pay-per-view, which will be Amusement Park Wrestling. Uh, participating in the show will be Mizuki, Rika Tatsumi, Hyper Masao, Yuki Aino, Yuki Kamafuku, Nao Kakuda, Hikari Noah, Miyu Watanabe, Raku, Suzume, Arisa Endo, Moka Miyamoto, Palm Harajuku, Mahiro Kiryu, Kaya Torabami, and Yuki Arai. The rules are all contestants will be divided into two teams, a red team and a white team, and compete 
in street wrestling and games at an athletic amusement park, the winning team will receive a gorgeous prize. Man, I don't want anything to do with an athletic amusement park. Yeah, that also tripped me up. I'm like, what does that mean? Yeah, get the Um, fuck out of here with making me do athletic shit. I'm at the amusement park. I want to shove a corn dog in my mouth and watch people ride a roller coaster or something. You can go on the roller coaster, but after you get off, you have to then pull the next car up the lift hill um, (laughs) in order to go on to other things. Yeah. Show me some fish. I'm not doing any push-ups. Then on the 29th, Tokyo Joshi has their next Korokin Hall show. That will feature the next round of the Tokyo Princess Cup. But also on that show, Juri Nagano and Kaya Torabami will take on Himawari and Wakana Uihara. Hyper Masao, Naokakuda, and Yuki Aena will take on Palm Harajuku, Arunaneko, and Mahiro Kiryu. Mizuki. Will has drawn the babysitting duties for this show, teaming with <laughs> Haru Karashiro, Toga, and Runa Okuba to take on uh, a large portion of the Up Up Girls and then Suzume. Hikari Noah, Raku, Shino, Suzuki, Shino. and Suzume. And then the four Tokyo Princess Cup matches. Miyu Yamashita versus Moka Miyamoto, Rika Tatsumi versus Shoko Nakajima, Yuki Kamafuku versus Miyu Watanabe, and Ariso Endo versus Yuki Arai. Kelly, give me the four names that will be making it to the next round. Okay. I'm going Rika Tatsumi. I'm going Miyu Watanabe. Uh, Yuki Arai, and in a stunning upset, Moka Miyamoto. That's a pretty good, pretty good. I think that's what I would guess. I think Yuki Arai and Miyu Watanabe definitely make it through. Yeah. Rika and Shoko. Nakajima is a toss up. Yeah, I think it could go to Shoko, and I'm like, how? Because part of me is like, yeah, Mocha could win, but I could easily see it being like, oh, me, you won. Um, yeah. But is the here's a question, and I have to look at the. Um, I don't know who's on what. I've lost track of who's on what side. Um, are are me you and me you on the same side? Do you know of the bracket? I don't recall. I'm trying to find a picture of the bracket. Um, because that was the big match last year. So I'm like, are they? Okay. So the winner of the winner of Miyu and Mocha will take on the winner of Rika and Shoko. The winner of Yuki and Endo will take on me, the winner of Miyu and Yuki Kamafuku. Because am I am I misremember the first the semifinal match was Miyu that she beat, and then she lost to Yuka, right? Uh, let me look back at my notes. 
last year. Am I remembering that? I think that's right, but now I'm doubting myself. Like the two back-to-back nights. -back. I think I'm right. So maybe uh, I guess the that finals. Isn't... No, the finals was a. Uh, was the yeah the finals was the Yuka match the uh, Miu versus Miu was was uh, the semis. The semis. Where she won. Okay, never mind. Yep. Uh, disregard everything I've just been thinking. <laughs> um, <laughs> I had them reversed in my mind, and then I was like, no, that's wrong. Um, but anyway, uh, should be a good show. Uh, Ice Ribbon has a show coming up on the 30th, which will see the one-night return of Tsukasa Fujimoto doing a talking segment with the also-returning Mizaki Ohada, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, and I hope the talking segment ends with them both agreeing to come back to wrestling. Uh, now, is this a talk segment or a talk battle? I don't know if they've called it a talk battle. Um, I think I think the verbiage I saw was talk show. Okay. Um, oh, I hope they get a fun set then. But I don't remember. I don't know that it's a talk battle. But I hope that, like I said, Misaki Ohada, one of my favorite uh, Joshi wrestlers of all time. And I hope she returns. I know that she retired because she had a child. Um, Stupid kids. That's right. But I can always hope. Hope beyond hope. Unlike with the that Aja Kong Seri match, uh, yeah. where I have no hope. Now I'm trying to find the announcement of um Oh wait a minute. Wait. Wait, she's gonna be in a match. <laughs> okay. Whoop. More than more than a talk battle. It has been announced she will be battle. returning to the ring only for this match for the time being. Tsukasa Fujimoto, Kahu Matsuhida, and Aja Kong versus Chihiro Hashimoto, Hamaka Hoshi, and Ibuki Hoshi. All right. Wow. That's interesting. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Here it is. It has been an... Okay. It has been announced that the guest for Tsukasa Fujimoto's talk show segment at the 7.30 event in Rifu will be her former tag partner, Mizaki Ohada. This is from the Facebook ribbon uh, group. Very useful, um, very informative Facebook group for fans of Ice Ribbon. So talk show segment is the language they use, but we'll have to see. Yeah. I mean, and she she is having a real battle, so she doesn't need to have a talk battle. <laughs> she can just have a talk segment. Uh, also coming up, Wave has a tag title match. Itsuki Aoki and Ukuto Hidaka will take on Hikari Shimizu and Ayame Sasamura. Kelly, what is coming up in the world of Gato Move and Chaco Pro? Uh, on August 6th, we've got a Shinkiba show, four aces. So far, two matches announced. Uh, Mei Suruga taking on Mia Yatsuba and Chie Koshikawa taking on Nonako Seto. So it kind of looks like two challenge matches for their most recent rookies. 
Uh, and then looking looking ahead a little ahead on the uh, September nineteenth, this is actually a DDT show. We've got Masahiro Takanashi's twentieth anniversary show uh, just announced. Perhaps my most anticipated match coming up. May Saruga takes on Minoru Suzuki. Hell yeah, that match is gonna be great. Uh, a match that got a lot of hype even outside the world of Joshi wrestling. So that one, uh, I think at the very least, it will be interesting to see what happens. Yep. Yeah, I'm looking um, forward to it. That should be that whole show should probably be fun because I think the main event is Takanashi versus Brooks. So that should be cool. Um, I'm assuming there's going to be a lot of other fun stuff on there. But that is everything that is coming up in the next two weeks of Joshi. Kelly, I'm throwing it over to you for your usual segment as if I have to guess what your movie recommendation for this week will be. We talking about Barbie. Have you seen it? I'm seeing it tomorrow. Oh, hell yeah. It is so great. I have not stopped thinking about it since I saw it. It's one of the funniest movies I've ever seen in theaters. I can't recommend it highly enough. Uh, Oppenheimer was was good, too. An easy recommendation this week from Kelly. But that is all from us on this week's episode of Jumping Bomb Audio. For Kelly, I am Taylor, and we will see you again in two weeks' time. Catch you on the Zeets. Hello there, everybody. It's me, Gary Kidney, the co-host of You've Got to Be Kidding Me on the Voices Wrestling Podcasting Network. And I am Liam Jones, my full name, and I am also a part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network as a co-host for You've Got to Be Kidding Me. We are a TNA history podcast that covers TNA one month at a time. We cover all the drama, all the matches, all the Vince Russo nonsense you could ever want in your life. Have you you heard of TNA? I bet you have. But would it be funnier if two people made jokes over it the whole time? Probably. So if that sounds like fun to you, check it out on this very Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. And Liam will do bits and whatnot.